It's Fun Friday, and your weekend has just begun. Woohoo! Welcome to the Morning Moxie Show. I am your host, Alicia Sharp of AliciaVSharp.com, and today is Fun Friday. And we have one of my favorites, Michael Jr., on the show. And he is talking actually at a TED Talk this time, and is it's really a great um, little clip. It has a lot of funny stuff in it, as well as a couple of pretty insightful things. I really like this guy. Here's Michael. So uh, let's jump right in. I actually like the city of Reno a lot. Um, I was here once. I was here once. Uh, I was keynote speaking for a corporation, and uh, something really kind of strange happened when I was here. So uh, normally, I'm the type of person, I like to be on stage alone. I don't need any help, anybody. So the CEO of this large company introduces me, and he has the microphone. And normally, we have two different mics, and he leaves, and then I'm there. That's the plan. Dude stays there. I'm standing right next to him with no mic. And then he looks at the audience, and I'm standing there, and he says, first, let me, let me explain this. Um, I'm the type of comedian, like, I'm, very, I'm observational. Um, like I pay attention to things like college students. Take somebody who goes to a nice school, like the University of Southern California. Ask them what school they go to, you get a nice, quick answer. What school you go to? USC. New York University, you get a nice, quick answer. What school you go to? NYU. Ask somebody to go to community college. You get a much longer response, don't you? What school you go to? Well, see right now, what I'm doing, uh, I'm gonna get a couple credits, right? Then my financial aid is supposed to come through. Then I'm a transfer, man. They say school kills creativity anyway, man. I feel vulnerable. Is Brene Brown around, man? I feel really vulnerable right now. And let me tell you a little more about me. I, have, uh, I love being a dad and uh, I have five kids. Yeah, and, uh, and I travel a lot, you know, so I can see them all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. I don't see him. I don't see him. Uh, no, I do. I have five kids. They're all with me. I live in Dallas now. Um, my kids are awesome. Uh, the thing about having a big family is you always have to figure out ways to save money. Um, and we wanted to get our family pictures taken, and that stuff was expensive. So we did to save money, right? As we all got in the front seat of the car, looked both ways, and ran a red light. That's what we did. That's what we did. Um, Two weeks later, the picture came in the mail. <laughs> but my son blinked, so we had to do it again. We had to do it again. Stuff is crazy. I was doing that joke in prison recently. Um, I wasn't in prison like, hey, I'm funny, get off me. It wasn't like that. We go to home, whenever we're doing a big live event, like we're doing one tonight in uh, Reno, whenever we do a large ticketed event, a concert in a city, we always look for a homeless shelter or a prison abuse children's facility to go to during the day, do comedy. So I'm doing a prison this time, and um, yeah, it's a TED Talk. I don't got that much time. You don't got to clap. It's okay. <laughs> so we're doing this prison, and I do the joke about the red light, and 75% of the prisoners laugh, the rest of them, nothing. Then I realized what was going on. Some of them had been locked up for so long, the dude next to him had to explain the joke. He was like, see, nowadays when you run a red light, they send a picture with a ticket in the mail. Then he looked at the dude next to him and was like, a red light is what they use for traffic when you go down the road. And then he said, a road is what they use. Oh, wow. 
where am I at right now? So I'd like to explain to you how comedy works. This is how comedy works. Uh, I mean, really all comedy. Anytime you laugh, this, this formula is taking place in one way or another. But specifically with regards to stand-up, this is how it works as well. Um, first there's a setup, and then there's a punchline. Let me explain. The setup is when a comedian will use his talents and resources to seize any opportunity to ensure that you, the audience, are moving in the same direction. The punchline occurs when he changes that direction in a way you're not expecting. When you catch on to this change, you've received the punchline. The results are revelation, fulfillment, and joy expressed through laughter. <laughs> Let me give you an example. A few summers ago, I took my uh, family on vacation to Mexico. Um, the first two days were rough because the people there kept calling me a Negro. Uh, the third day, I realized they were saying amigo, and it was all cool. That was cool, so. Did you see what just happened right there? So when I was a child, um, I used to struggle with my reading. I used to really have a hard time reading. Um, it just, I don't know what it was, I just, I just struggle with. I read now just fine. Like the signs over the door to say excite, I can read that stuff. When I was a kid, I used to struggle uh, with my reading. Like, I couldn't sound a word out phonetically. It just didn't work. Uh, so now, looking back at it, I realized I developed like seven different ways to look at a word to determine what the word was. And I'm talking about just started noticing this really in junior high. So I would look at the, the font size, the color, the positioning, what's in front of it, what's behind it, how people responded to it. I got really good at looking at words differently. To the point in high school, people didn't know I wasn't really reading. I was just working it out really, really fast. Now as an adult, I read just fine, but I still have this ability to look at words and people and situations seven different ways almost immediately. In fact, it's the primary place where I pull my comedy from. So that very thing from my past, it looked like it was a setback, looked like it was some sort of handicap. Turns out uh, I'm actually able to use it for what I'm called to do now. So just like you, you've probably had some sort of setbacks, but if you would, in a way, embrace it, you'll probably find there's more opportunities out there. Now I find comedy all over the place. To, at the airport today, a little white kid walked up to me, asked for an autograph. I was like, hey, buddy, what's your name? He said, I'm Tanner. I looked at him, I said, no, you're not. <laughs> His mom was cracking up. He was like, I am Tanner. It's like, trust me. You're not. <laughs> or I'll notice stuff. Like I saw this dude with a muscle shirt. Don't you ever see a dude with like a muscle shirt, like a white tank, like a, but he ain't got no muscles? I'm like, what is that, a wife threatener? <laughs> Depending on where you're from in the country, you understand that joke better. <laughs> and his friend had on a shirt that said, if you don't speak English, leave the country. Um, but it was written in English, so. Hmm. So I walked up to him and I said, you're dumb. But I said it in Spanish, though, so he didn't know. He didn't know. So I'm able to find comedy in a bunch of different places as a result of embracing what seemed like it was a handicap from my past. I noticed even what people say sometimes. Have you ever heard the phrase, boy, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall? Every time I hear that, I walk up to the person and I say, and then what? <laughs> no, 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 you wanna be a fly on the walls, so you can hear the information that was in the room. 
Well, I've done the research. Um, flies don't have ears. Yeah. You would be just as ignorant as you currently are. But you would be a fly. Nobody even listens to a fly. I mean, let's say you're a fly that can read lips. What are you going to do with the information? And you got two days to live. You're making bad choices. Or people will sometimes say stuff to me like, Michael Jr., where are you from originally? I'm like, originally? Huh. Well, uh, I was conceived in Michigan. Yeah. Before that, I was with my dad. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a swim competition, right? Uh, and I won, which is crazy. Currently, I don't swim at all. I used to be pretty good, though, apparently. I am not politically correct. I'm just going to tell. I know I do comedy, but I'm not. It's just too much work. I'm just telling you. Um, you got to watch the news and know the language. I just believe if you put the right stuff in your heart, the right stuff will come out. So I never try to, I never try to be politically correct. Some people work hard. I'm at a coffee shop. There's a white guy in front of me orders a coffee. The lady in front of him is like, hey, how do you want it? He looked back at me and was like, um, African-American, please. I was like, cool, uh, let me get the Caucasian mocha. Let me get that if I could. Let's get the Caucasian mocha, I guess. I'm try trying to learn, I'm trying to learn. <laughs> Coaches would say some stuff too. You ever hear your coach say something like, the stuff I'm teaching you here, it's not just about this game. You can apply it to life. Here's the thing, people, that's not true. I thought it was true. Straight out of high school, one of my first jobs was, was, I, was I used to park cars. One of the cars was really nice, so I took it for a little spin. The company found out and my boss lost the account. He was yelling at me and screaming. I didn't know what to say or do. I thought back to my high school football coach. I looked at my boss, I was like, you know what, man? You win some, you lose some, man. You can't let this one loss get you down. The important thing is, I went out there and I had fun. <laughs> and I got fired, man. I got fired right now. That was Michael Jr. And you can find that clip on YouTube if you search under Michael Jr. TEDx, Reno, Nevada. You can find out more information about Michael Jr. at his website, which is michaeljr.com. That is all I have for you today. I hope you have a wonderful weekend, and I'll see you again on Monday for another episode of Morning Moxie. God bless.